0: I'm Monica DeSantis.
1: Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon and welcome to Brian the Quadfather Swift All things inspirational show. I'm glad you could join us this afternoon and I hope you have a great day. as you well know, I love to start the show with a bit of a quote and or a bit of a wisdom as I call it. So here we go, live lively. Live life fully while you're here. Experience everything. Take care of yourself and your friends. Have fun, be crazy, be weird, go out and screw up. You're going to do it anyways. So you might as well enjoy the process. Take the opportunity to learn from your mistakes. Don't try to be perfect. Just be an excellent example of being human. So listen to those words. They're so true. As you get older, you realize how true some of these little uh Bits of wisdom and information are. I'm excited today. We have a great guest. Uh, he is Mr. Will County Scott Slocum. He will be on uh, very shortly, and uh, it's going to be exciting. He is. Uh, he knows more about radio, and has probably forgotten more about radio than I currently know. But it is great to have somebody around that can uh, help me on my journey. That's what I try to do on the radio show: is help you on your journey help you stay inspired, help you move forward. And as I've said before, if you have any topics, if you have any questions, please feel free to send them to bswift6262 at gmail.com. And now a short inspirational story about productivity. So there are two lumberjacks of equal skill, equal experience, equal stature, and they worked side by side, chopping down trees together every single day. However, one of the lumberjacks worked nonstop without taking a break, whereas the other one took an hour lunch every day without, without question, without um, wondering, you know, whether he should he shouldn't, he took this break. And despite working for less time, both lumberjacks inevitably chopped the same amount of trees down by the end of each working day. And puzzled and frustrated, the lumberjack who worked all day long asks the other how he manages to chop just as much wood as he does while still taking an hour break for lunch. And he responds like this He says, It's simple. I spend that hour at home sharpening my axe. So, what is the moral of the story? Breaks are vital to productivity. Work smart not hard. And I think it's important that we understand that it's kind of like the difference between being busy and being productive. It's important to stay busy. It's even better if you're productive during those times. And I think it helps be productive by having goals or having a list, whatever works for you, whether it's a written list, whether it's a list on your phone whether it's a list on your computer, have a list uh, and, and plan out your days. And if it's not written down, at least mentally have a list uh, so you can check off those items that you've accomplished. I believe this kind of gets us fired up, gets us moving forward, and gets us going in the right direction. I have to give a shout out to one of my new sponsors. It's called the Guild House. We'd like to... Thank you for coming on board. Uh, They're going to have a golf outing on June 5th at Glen Eagles Country Clubs. And I would recommend, and I know there's a lot of golfers, if you're looking for a, a great organization to get out and support, and I know golfers don't need much of a reason to get out. They like getting out just because they love what they do. Get out June 5th. Uh, go to Glen Eagles. support the Guildhouse. You can buy tickets at Guildhouse, and that's G-U-I-L-D-H-A-U-S.org. They're a great organization, and you'll be hearing more about them. Also, I, I've got to give a shout-out to one of my other supporters, CD and me. Uh, they have so many events coming up. Check out their website, and I'll have more. And again, remember, if you're looking to sponsor your business out there, and looking to sponsor uh, the, a radio show, please uh, shoot me an email uh, and I will get you some information. We, we love supporting our local businesses. We've had a, a great showing of local businesses that have always supported me and supported the nonprofit SOAR, which is one of the sponsors, Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation. They are a 501c3 nonprofit that helps people with disabilities get back outdoors. And whether that is get outdoors to go for a long walk or go fishing, to sit by a bonfire, to go hunting, to go skiing. We try to help with equipment that allows people with disabilities to get back out and do do the things they love because getting back outdoors is so important to our health. And it's a topic I'll most likely be talking about later. It's called grounding, and it's been around forever. It's part of what Mother Nature does to help us thrive. It's just, especially these last two years with COVID, I think we've all been kind of pent up and need ways to really get past this, uh, two years that has changed all your lives, all of our lives, that has put us in a, maybe a negative mindset. And that negative mindset that might last a day or two, unfortunately with COVID, is, is lasted longer and affected us all way more than we might even imagine. So it is something uh, that uh, I help people get through. It's something that I have worked at to get through. If you're you're struggling with kind of getting back into that routine. Uh, I, I would tell you to reach out. Uh, there's a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of great organizations, and there's a lot of great support out there to help you get past uh, what COVID has done by putting us all in this this mode of captivity. So, uh, on a positive note, where you have some beautiful weather coming up, I'm excited about that. As you know, I I like to be outdoors, I recommend that everybody get outdoors and spend some time because tomorrow becomes never. And even with these days where maybe it's not as warm as we like, when the sun's peeking out, man, it's still a great time to get out because tomorrow becomes never, no matter how small the task, you know, take that first step to get outdoors. And even if it's not to do a task, just to get out and walk that dog. You know, get out and talk to to your neighbor, Uh, and maybe it is just get out and, you know, do do something that gets you outside, gets you that sun therapy, gets you that wind therapy. Uh, Nobody cares what you did yesterday, and what you have done today to better yourself is way more important. And as I tell some people, the the reason the rearview mirror is so small compared to— The windshield is because what's in front of you is way more important than what is behind you. So that's why. Keep looking forward. Make great plans for this summer. And look forward to every day you can get out there. We're going to have a word from our sponsors. uh, And then we're going to bring Scott on board. I'm excited to talk to Scott. We have a lot in common. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, pick his brain, sort of say. So a word from our sponsors, and when we get back, uh, Mr. Scott. Off discount. Welcome back. This is Brian, the Quadfather Swift. I'd like to welcome our guest, Mr. Scott Slocum. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Brian. Thanks.
1: Well, I I know we've had a a brief chance to talk and found out that – you, like myself and many others, like to do some running, mm-hmm. like to do some marathoning. And while we were talking, we kind of talked about the motivation behind that. So, I, you know, in, in, the, in the theme of insp- inspiring and motivating, uh, the things we like to do in life, we need to do that with ourselves. Inspire ourselves, motivate ourselves, whether that's biathlons, triathlons. I had a couple friends who just finished the Boston Marathon. Awesome. Uh, what is your... Tell me about your triathlon
0: experience. Or well, marathon experience. Ma- marathon experience. Yeah, I, I want to do a triathlon and I've done a couple of minis, but I'm not a good swimmer. And uh, I guess you could teach an old dog new tricks. I guess I could do it, but uh, maybe I will. That's still something I want to do. But as far as the marathons go, I don't know. Um, I I always. Was involved in athletics, you know, growing up in in you know grade school. Played baseball and then basketball. Played basketball in high school and then at a small college. I played basketball and still played college. I rather still played basketball somewhat competitively through my twenties and most of my thirties. And then I don't know, early forties. I was just kind of kind of done playing. Um, lost a little competitive drive. Uh, a lot of the guys I was playing, were playing with were older than me and it wasn't as much fun anymore. I like to be pushed and trying to find, you know, the younger guys to play with. And so I, I needed, uh, I needed a new drug, I, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, um, I said, let's, let's try a marathon.
1: So have you found, how long have you been doing marathons?
0: Well, I, I did my first in, gosh, I think it was 2014 and then I did four within about two years and then i've i put a pause on them and i think i'm going to do another one at the end of this year because i've been training for something else that i'm doing actually this weekend so i've kind of gotten the early stages of training out of the way so i think i'm going to try to do another one later in the year but yeah i did four in in two years uh, which was probably too much right off the bat um i ran one in st louis in kenosha and then i did chicago and then the monster we did was an ultra, which was up on Kettleman 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 State Park in um, outside of Milwaukee, uh, and it was it was a beast. It was thirty three miles, and it was trails, no pavement at all, running through some sand, running up big hills, a lot of rocks, and it was uh, it was it was a beast. But it was fun.
1: So those ultras really test you because I mean yeah. it's not just. Uh, the dangers of possibly the the weather and whatnot, you're talking opportunities to really break an ankle, twist a leg, you know, twist a knee, blow a knee, uh, especially running through that kind of terrain. So I guess it'd be no different than marathoning through sand, which the distance in sand, running in sand (laughs) is unbelievable, which I helped some young teens find out. We, when I was coaching years ago, I was trying to do something different with them. So I said, if you guys have a great practice, we'll go to the beach the next day. <laughs> and we didn't have a good practice, and they didn't know what the beach was. The beach was the volleyball pits. Okay. So we brought them to the volleyball pits, and they thought, like, what's the big deal? Well, after about 10 minutes of running in sand, they oh, realized the it is just way different. Yeah, it is. They're running yep. on grass, yep. they running on turf, they're running on cement, they're running on anything. So you're facing all those. Uh,
0: yeah, we were. And, you know, the rocks, the hills were very, very steep. Even the ultimate or the ultra runners were were walking up the hills. They were that steep and walking down them as well because of loose loose, loose rocks. And, and then you'd get up on a, a plateau or whatever, and the trail would be like six inches wide. So you had to change your running gait which really screwed up your legs and everything. You'd have to, like, run one foot in front of the other instead of, you know, out a little bit. So it was a lot of fun. What I did like about it was that your time didn't matter because that was a survival thing. You know, with your with the the marathons, there's a there's a mark that you want to hit. Uh, and uh, the, the, the other one was six hours, six hours and 20 minutes or whatever. And uh, eventually at the last, uh, you were getting hard-boiled eggs. You were getting all kinds of weird stuff at the aid station, so... Even had a beer at the last one. <laughs> well, that's,
1: that's your reward. And you called it a drug. And I, and I agree with you. Doing some of these things uh, gives gives you a feeling that you don't get any other way. So now you started in 14. So now you are seven, eight years out. Are you finding it more difficult to get motivated or inspired to do this?
0: Yes, absolutely. I, um, again, always looking for a new drug. I found a couple of new workouts to do, uh, you know, a cross-training and a cross-fit. And then I've done some other things now where I row quite a bit and run and still do a lot of fitness-type classes and fitness-type workouts and things like that. Uh, But, yeah, I'm always looking for that next thing. So this weekend, ironically enough, you're having me on. Maybe you should talk to me next weekend if I survive. I'm running with a group of people I don't even really know. Uh, We're going to drive however long it takes to get down to Marion, Illinois. Uh, We're going to drive in a van. And we're going to stay all night in a hotel in Marion, get up Saturday morning, drive an hour down to Gulf Lake, which overlooks the Mississippi River. We are going to run an eight person, 80 mile relay race up and down the hills of the Shawnee National Forest uh, and try to do it in about 10 and a half or 12 hours, 11 hours. And you run three different legs, so you'll run, like, my first leg is 3.8, then I sit in a van for three and a half hours and do I don't know what, will get stiff, and then run another one, and then sit in a van for three and a half, four hours, and then run another leg. So, this just all came about starting in February, probably, but it's been great, because it was, I need things to look forward to, I need goals, and... The hills that I've seen that I have to run up, they're not little you know, little ones. These are, these are big ones. So I've been hill training. But, yes, to answer your original question, it is harder to get motivated now. But I, once I do have something that I want to do, it helps me out so much.
1: That's awesome. And we think of Illinois as a f- – and we are flat. If you've driven down 57 or <laughs> I-50, I- 50, we are flat. Until you get down – To the Shawnee area, or you get up to the Carroll County, the Apple Canyon Valley, (laughs) and then you realize it's hilly. Yeah, and you might also be running in three different weather conditions. I know, knowing our weather, and knowing that you have to stop for. three and a half hours, you could start out in winter, end up in spring, and be running your last leg in summer with the weather. Oh, it's
0: funny. We've been training for the last few months, and it's been 45, 40, 50. It's going to be 84 degrees. So the worst possible running weather you can have. Wind's out of the southwest at 20, but thank goodness we're running from west to east. We're running from the Mississippi to the Ohio. So hopefully we'll be aided by the wind for most of the way.
1: Isn't it funny, I've, I've gone out and done some long riding in my wheelchair, and it never fails that the wind always seems to be <laughs> in the front. Even on my way back home, it seems that the wind has not aided me, but I hope the wind aids you. Um, it sounds like too. a great event. It does. And speaking of these smaller ones, I have done sprint triathlon. So if you're thinking about one, there is one that comes up at the end of July. Mm-hmm. It's in Mantino. And it's an ultra, they call it an ultra sprint, so it's a timed event, and they take the proceeds to help a uh, the veterans home that's in Mantino.
0: Oh, sure, I've heard of that. So
1: you're talking about a 13-mile bike, a three-and-a-half-mile run, and a quarter-mile swim.
0: That'd be a good way to start. So
1: if, yeah. if you're thinking about it, I have done them three years in a row before COVID, and it's been something, like you said, that you look forward to. Uh, I participated with my kids, so I did the swimming part. And it w- was something that was difficult to train for because swimming in a pool is not like swimming in a lake, Mm-mm. even a small lake. And I'm sure, as a, as a runner, running on a track or running around here is different than right. running, especially in an ultra. You can only prepare so much for it. Right. So for the swimming, for me, it was just getting... The, the the strokes down to where I'm not drinking the lake water. And once I got that, <laughs> I muscled through the quarter mile. It was just trying to do it without drinking the water was just that combination of breathing in and out. That was my worst. Was it
0: rough that day? Was it windy? So no, the waves? Thank oh, gosh, okay. It wasn't that would be brutal?
1: That it would be because uh, even so, they start me two minutes before everybody else, and uh, of course, everybody eventually almost everybody passed me up but just the people swimming by me i still remember how much difficult that made it. all right i mean just with their body movement and creating the little wake that swimmers do that made it way more difficult so yes the winds the high winds the getting out uh getting out in the open uh, is is way different than the pool atmosphere but you've
0: given me something to do in in july now so thank you
1: so you have been doing what I'm trying to attempt to do well for how many years, being on the radio and being a- I got
0: right out of college. So I, I came, I got out of college, and two months later I got a job. So it's been 32 years, I think. Yeah, 32 now. Long time.
1: It is a long time. I know mean, it's a long time to do any one thing. Yeah. And I'm assuming you love it or you wouldn't have spent 32
0: years. I, I do. I, I uh, I've... I've done a few different things, but it, this station's always been a part of what I'm doing. I've worked in Chicago at the same time for about four or five years uh, and did some other things as well. Did some just small TV work and things like that, but uh, hosting this show and uh, at this station and the people that have owned it, 7 six or seven different owners, I think 14 general managers we've made it through, which um, <laughs> so is crazy. Uh, I I just I I enjoy it. They give me the freedom to to run the station the way we want to run the station. I got some great people that I work with, uh, and it's just a lot of fun being in the middle of it all, watching this area go from uh, this little small agricultural depressed area when I first got here to what it is now, and which is a uh, you know s- suburbia with a hard with a hard edge with Joliet, if you know what I mean, with crime and God some of the things mind. like that. No, so, I
1: get it, and I don't live that far from here, but. You would never know it was a small, depressed area. Yeah. Now, I didn't grow up out this way, but we have been in the Will County area for 25-plus years. Okay. So uh, I've watched other other parts grow and thrive. Thank sure. God. And it looks like this area is
0: thriving. Yeah. When I got here, Joliet, I had 78,000 people. Unemployment was 20% or something. It was brutal. Was still mills shut down. Cat was going away. And now 150,000. It's It's still a town that is not rich there's still many people that live at or below the poverty level in this town that's one of the things i like about it there's so many different people it's not a cookie cutter different kinds of neighborhoods at least the older ones uh, the cathedral area is awesome um near east side up down Collins street is great with was with, with what has happened down there with the uh, uh renovation the rejuvenation of the hispanic community down there it's pretty remarkable um, but this town still has still has the you know you said you lived here for you know twenty five or whatever years in Will County it still has an image issue and that's just not going away. Uh, it's people still go, Joliet, They're they're building a huge. I haven't talked about on my morning show yet because I am giving the company that is building this project another. They keep ignoring my phone calls, so I am going to give them one more shot. But they're building this huge project in Joliet, they don't mention the word Joliet. They say Southwest suburbs, prime real estate location. That bothers me. That bothers me that they won't even say the word Joliet because they don't want some of the businesses to, oh, it's Joliet. Mm -hmm." Let's not go there because of the rough edges, because of the image issue. But um, Joliet's changed a lot. It is is an amazing place.
1: And you're you're right. Perception creates reality. And and the reality all of a sudden takes over even without visiting. And you could go to a lot of communities that maybe don't have that perception issue, like Joliet, and find they have some areas that aren't the best, but they don't have the perception that they have those areas of not having uh, some of the issues that Joliet has gone through. And it doesn't change overnight, but there are great people like you out there trying to create change that perception and obviously is a big company that you're trying to get a hold of they're not investing money in an area that they see being a bad investment right so that that's a great sign and it's it, it's great what they're doing but they there's somebody that could help in aiding changing
0: that perception right absolutely and you know once the shovels start to go on the ground, which they already have and start putting up the buildings, you know, that'll certainly help. And Joliet will be fine to take all the sales tax that comes in front of it too. Cause that's the most important thing at the end of the day. You know, this is all the image isn't that bad. Just give us the sales tax.
1: No, well, it's funny, follow the money, right? Yeah. I mean, I live in an area where for the first 15 years, all they did was put up banks and I'm <laughs> scratching my head going, why, well, I mean, I didn't think this was a, like a crazy affluent area but they're putting up banks on every corner why do we keep putting up banks uh. and I'm thinking there's there's no sales tax and the, it caused a lot of political issues with the opportunity to put up big box stores and other things that would have really brought in revenue but instead we put up things like banks which is befuddling because it, it, I, I, I don't get it. I, it, it it's hard to imagine so I'm glad that there's going to be some of that revenue-driven. Yeah, I'm going to switch gears on you. Guys. Sure, hit me. I know we talked. You know, in, in terms of motivation, inspiration, wh- whether that be physical, you you also have to guess, guess and even after the years you've done it. Get yourself mentally prepared and 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 I don't want to say spiritually prepared, but for your show every day, right? I mean, it's not just a physical thing we do with with in- inspiring and motivating. It's also a mental thing, uh, possibly more mental for something that's not physical than our physical challenges that Mm -hmm. we put ourselves in front of. Do you find that to be true with, you know, getting yourself motivated to do your show?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously the hours, you know, you get up at 420 and in here hour later and, you know, you do the show and, you you know, you've been doing it so long, you have a system down and so it's... It's not I mean i it's not super difficult to do uh but if you didn't know I'm very competitive i uh, don't like to lose I don't like seeing stories and other at uh, other outlets that we should have had first, so that always drives me ask Evan right <laughs> ask Evan i'm like, how do they have that how do we don't have that let's let's go we're you know duh. so yeah i'm am I'm a pain in the butt when it comes to that um but I, I am very competitive. I do know when my show is not good that day or not as good as it could have been had I prepped a little bit more, made a little bit more of an effort. Um some days there's more energy, some days it flows better. Um I have I have I I, I really I have a hard time focusing because and and once Evan does everything that he's doing for as long as I have, he will in, in 20 years, Evan, you'll go, oh, he was right. I have a hard time focusing because when you're, and this, again, we're not saving lives. We're not, you know, doing incredible things or whatever, but we are sitting behind that board where he's sitting, having to run the entire show. And you, I'm always thinking, what's next? Because even when you're in the moment, what's next? What's next? Because when you're doing the show, you have five or six minute segments. What's next? What, what button do I have to press next? What tease do I have to do going to the next segment? Who's my next guest? Are they at the back door? Oh, I haven't social media anything in 25 minutes. I got to social media something. So my mind is never just st- stopped, it's, it's always moving. So I guess my motivation moving forward is to try to focus more on the moment that I'm in, both professionally and personally and I think that kind of goes back to why I like to to do physical activity is in those moments I do nothing else but that and I don't think about what's next okay maybe the next hill or maybe the next set of whatever but that's something that I, I enjoy and feel comfortable doing uh, this is because trust me as long as I've been doing this and everybody's like oh you know you have a lot of people that love you just as many people hate you right it's just it's 50 50 and I've I'm, I'm, I got used to that years ago. In fact, I like the complaints better than the compliments now. But I um it, it's just one of those things where I always uh, I always want to do better and try to do better and uh and I know when I didn't that day, so I'll I'll try to do better the next day, but it's uh it's it is fun, but at the same time, it's uh, every day, every time you go on the show, it's the last segment that they remember. If you screw up, they don't remember the 31 years before that. It's like, God, that was a crappy segment. Boy, he mispronounced that word. Boy, he used a word that, you know, he screwed the Queen's English again. I hear that all the time because I do. Uh, and, and that's just who I am, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to change.
1: I don't think you need to be sorry. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's, that's who you are, and that's okay. And you're right. Nobody cares what you did yesterday. No, they don't. They just don't. don't. I mean, very few do. Um, We can't rest on our laurels, and we have to keep moving forward uh, all the time. So one last topic, uh, self-imposed discomfort. Mm. I know I brought that up uh, briefly uh, when we had a chance to talk a couple months ago. And it's an interesting topic, and, and I don't know how I ended up naming it. Probably because somebody said, why do you do what you do? Which is I go off for long rides in my wheelchair and I try to go further than I know I should go so that I know I have to turn around. (laughs) And last thing I want to do is call and get help. Right. Like you, I'm competitive. So if I know I can do five miles without too much of a problem, depending on the heat, I will push myself two and a half miles one way. Well, there are a lot of days I like to push myself four miles one way. And I know, when I go past two and a half miles, that I'm going to be sore, I'm going to be tired, <laughs> and I get asked, well, why would you do that? And for me, like you, it's the challenge, it's that feeling you don't get any other way, and it's to better yourself. Right. So what do you think about self-imposed discomfort? You're Obviously this weekend, yeah. you already know what's ahead of you, and it's not going to be comfortable, No. whether you're sitting in that van <laughs> st- getting stiff, or whether you're trying to navigate a, you know, gravel-laden, sand-laden six-inch path. Uh, what do you think about self-imposedness?
0: Company? I think that's the only way to grow as a person. I think too many people get comfortable, especially nowadays, and they get in their own little bubble with their family, which is fine. I have my family, and uh, it's, it's an open-ended bubble. Uh, I've encouraged my kids to go and do whatever they want to do, and they have rewarded my wife and I by always coming always coming home, always wanting to come back. Uh, quick story, we went to New York City uh, right after the first of the year. It's a great time to go. There's nobody there. It's cold, but so what? It's great, and everything's cheap, no lines. And we were, we were together from Tuesday morning until we flew back. We got back Saturday at night, like at 5 o'clock. So we sit down to watch television, Rox and I, and then all of a sudden there are the kids in the living room with us. We're like, They spent five solid days with us 24, you know, 24, five, if you will. And, um, they still wanted to hang out with us and watch television with us, which, you know, made me feel really, I didn't say anything to them, but, uh, so no, I, I think that's the only way to grow is to, and I hate to use the worn out expression of pushing yourself or whatever, but try new things, live life while you can. I dread the day, Brian, where, Something happens to me physically if it does, and I can't do what I do now away from here. I mean, I can always, you know, hook up a microphone wherever I'm at, even if I'm laying in a you know hospital bed or whatever. But I literally dread the day when I can't four or five days a week go out and kill myself, and that those are the days that I'm like, I don't know if I like I'll be able to handle that. I I don't. I mean, that the only thing that really keeps me going personally, and even professionally, is, is the ability to go out and push myself physically. And I think that carries over to everything else. Um, you know, the old endorphin rush, right?
1: It is. It is. And two, two things. One, your kids being there is an unbelievable testament to you, to his parents. Um, that's the first thing I, I have to say, because we've been, I've been blessed to have a mother and father that we hang out with. Yeah, like I've taken my mom and dad at the age of 60, 70 on vacations with us. Why? Because that's my mom and dad. They're my best friends, right? And love hanging out. And we're blessed to have three amazing children, Monica and I, where they will come and just sometimes hang out. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot about you and your wife. So I learned that from you. Thank you. You're doing, Thanks. you've done, and are doing certain things right, because that time when our children does have a clock on it.
0: Yeah, it does. It absolutely and we're
1: never it does. We're going to look back and say yeah, I should have spent more time at work. Yeah, <laughs> no you're gonna do that. It's not going to happen yeah. for most of us. So th- that that's awesome, and I really understand that point of getting that adrenaline rush. Um, even being in a wheelchair, there are things I do that people around me don't understand, and, and maybe look at that say, "Why would you do that? Why would you? You know, why do you push yourself?" I. Need it. Yeah. I need it mentally. I need it physically. I need it spiritually. It's hard to explain because you don't get that feeling any other way.
0: Yeah, I mean, just sitting here with you and talking to you, and listening to everything that you do, that's enough motivation for me. I mean, what what you're able to do in the situation that you've been put in is it's I I can't even put it into words. It really is. It's inspiring. Well,
1: I've been blessed, and I you don't do it alone. Um, I'd never be here today at the station. I'd never be here sitting next to people like you, Nevin, and and more so my wife, who has tolerated me for 32 years, uh, and and helped taking care of me uh, without the blessings of God. And uh, a lot of faith, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but I would blood, sweat, and tear it every day to have the the great things i
0: right. have uh, right. so well, i've never heard you make an excuse for anything i mean we haven't had a ton of conversations but i listen to your show every week and you you never ask for ask for anything you never make any excuses and boy people bitch and moan about a lot in this world man people that are perfectly healthy that are up on 2 feet and they act like they have everything going against them and you just you sit here and uh yeah it's it's remarkable it really is
1: it is interesting to see people who have the resources to do such great and wonderful things, not do them. Yeah. It, it's frustrating. And, and it's not having resources that stops you. It's lack of being resourceful. <laughs> There's
0: a big difference. I like that.
1: And and I've had to learn to be resourceful or yeah. become a statistic and I choose not to. Yeah. And that's a choice. Like you choose to put yourself through this self imposed discomfort this weekend.
0: I love that. I, I love you know I've thought you could when we talked about that it was Six weeks ago, five weeks ago, or whatever. We were at Heroes for the NCAA basketball tournament, I think like on the 17th or something. And you brought that self-imposed discomfort. And discomfort I've thought about that as I've been training and running hills and stuff like that. I'm like, this is cool. I'm doing this to myself. This, this, this is fine. And I've thought, the, I've thought of those three words that you've told me that makes perfect sense and I'll think of them a lot and I'll probably follow them up with you blankety yeah, yeah. blank but at least you'll be in there somewhere it sounds nice <laughs> until you're up
1: halfway up the hill with the wind blowing it of course you're back and been <laughs> you well scott i i appreciate your time no i appreciate the you. wisdom and all you do for the community around here so we're going to we're going to jump to our sponsors who I, I've been so lucky to have and i will definitely
0: have you Uh, Be a part of this again. I look forward to it. Please do. I enjoyed it. And thanks for the book and the shirt.
1: Good luck this weekend.
0: Thank you. And off discount.
1: Welcome back. This is the Quadfather. And I'd like to thank Scott Slocum again uh, for being an amazing guest. And I told you earlier I would talk about grounding or it, earthing, depending on what it's called. Because beneath your feet lies a most marvelous gift of nature. Uh, in, in, every, in everything that we walk on, the earth itself naturally equipped with extra, extraordinary healing powers. That may be the most single effective medicine available. That's not prescribed by an MD. But I do, I, I, I would tell you to get out, as you always hear me talk about, but grounding is this amazing connection you make that is overlooked by so many. And basically, it is the natural energy that nature creates and allows us to balance our bodies uh, balance our moods balance our minds it at a deepest level a level without needing a prescription and what it does is it actually helps drain inflammation it helps you deal with pain it helps you deal with stress and fatigue and if you think about what this country's been through and not even considering what your personal Journey has been like, and what you're personal, personally dealing with, the pain and stress and fatigue is something that we all could use less of. So, earthing or again grounding represents a health, a health breakthrough that I recommend. It's basically living this effortless lifestyle uh, with surprising and dramatic healing results. And it's not just a lifestyle. It's as simple as taking your shoes off and and, and walking through the yard and spending time just hanging out around mother nature. Uh, it's a simple concept, but definitely a profound concept. And one we don't think about because we're pulled in 9,000 directions. I intentionally have planted several bushes, evergreens, arborvitas like right on top right next to the patio so that I don't even have to go into the grass as much to be a part of earthing and grounding the one thing I do need to do is maybe get my shoes and socks off my feet uh, even though I have no feeling in my feet and just let mother nature uh, let me enjoy mother nature with putting my feet on the ground which I have committed to do this summer as the as the weather change So the effects of grounding uh, are amazing, whether that be something simple as as mild inflammation, but it will go as far as helping chronic inflammation, uh, uh, which is a prime agent of chronic and aging-related disorders. So including such things as cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, arthritis, autoimmune disorders, I mean, cancer—a big one out there. We we don't hear a lot about, uh, probably because the statistics would be frightening. But depression, uh, autism—so Earth puts out inflammation and and quickly reduces inflammation-related pains. It's—I don't know how and the why's. I believe it has something to do with some type of. Uh, electronic connection to earth that helps restore maybe our, our body's natural rhythms. You hear people talk about their circadian rhythm with sleeping, uh, which I think we lose over time with certain events. But I think many people go through life with pain, with weak health. Um, I know it's something that a lot of us are battling and, and that unfortunately causes us to really get disconnected with our friends, our family, and a lot of the things we enjoy. Because when we reconnect with the people and start getting good sleep, uh, we start to look better, better. we start to feel better, Uh, we we start to think healthier uh, because we're dealing with less pain uh, and, I believe, less stress. So it's a, earthing is a health and healing reconnection, I should say, uh, that works no matter what age you are. So, from babies to seniors, it restores this broken link um, to Mother Nature. So, Earth's Healing Touch, I recommend getting out there because there's lots of reasons why grounding and earthing can change your life. And I won't read all of them, but it, it does improve mood. It decreases stress. It improves energy. You end up having better sleep. It substantially can reduce pain, reduce inflammation, increases your metabolic rate. It even has an effect on things like your thyroid gland. It helps speed up wound healing. All things, especially people with certain disabilities, deal with quite a bit. And even without disabilities, these are things where a lot of us are dealing with, not just this anti-aging effect that it has, but, you know, it normalizes muscle tension. It improves the immune system, you know, and especially in response to trauma and injuries. So get out as much as you can. Our weather's changing. Our weather's getting nice. So I would recommend to get out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Brian the Quadfather Swift, All Things Inspirational show. You have a great week and even a better weekend.